Today's episode of the Alt Kings podcast is brought to you by X-Spectre. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Alt Kings podcast. I'm your host, Tate, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Tyler, the founder of Bitfins. And Bitfins is originally derived on Cardano. That's where you're mainly based out of. But you also have some cross-chain exposure as well. You said that you are branched out into six other ecosystems. Is that correct? Yeah. So right now we have support on Avalanche, Arbitrum, Cardano, Ethereum, Optimism, and Polygon. And we're looking to try to get pretty much any NFT network compatible at some point in the near future. Nice. Well, Tyler, it's it's nice to meet you. And I've heard many big things about your project just within those ecosystems and mainly focused on Cardano, but I'd love to get to know you better. So give me a brief rundown of who you are and really what inspired Bitfins itself and the creation of it all. Yeah, so first off, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to come on and talk to people about the project. Um, So my background was I've done digital content since I was very early teenager, very early high school, like freshman year. Um, I'm 26 now, so obviously that's like at least half of my life at this point. I've done graphic design, was doing that for big gaming organizations on Twitter back then. I've also done music production, primarily electronic dance music for over 12 years. Um, And then, you know, through my professional career doing college and everything, I started getting more into the finance industry. I was doing stock market YouTube, crypto YouTube and stuff for a little while. And then I cycled out of that, got more into the NFT scene, and then... I came over to Cardano because it was one of the relatively untapped ones, but they were getting into that where they were starting to add smart contracts in. So I went in and started buying a couple different things from people I talked to in the ecosystem. One of them was Cardania. Another one was this other project called Bitlands at the time, and I helped admin their Discord. Saw that there wasn't really a lot of utility anywhere in the NF- in, in the NFT industry, let alone just Cardano. So I started thinking of ways that we kind of do that uh, you know, for everybody in some sort of unique way. And so we kind of came up with the idea of Bitfins. I started the conceptualizing myself, August, 2021. And then we did our first mint in October, 2021, got our game dev on board, got a full-time 3D modeler for our character designers. And then the rest is just all development from there. Literally within a month after our first mint, we had working code that was getting integrated for wallet verification, everything else on Cardano, which is nice. pretty unheard of from anywhere. So, yeah, and, then definitely. We, and then we had our first cross-chain compatibility, like very baseline Ethereum connections around like March, April, 2022. And then we got all of the chains interconnected with virtually all the NFTs on them in November, 2020. Uh, yeah, November, 2022. So that kind of gets us up to where we're on all at now. That's awesome. So what made you go with Cardano initially and starting Bitfins originally through Cardano's ecosystem? Yeah, so I mean, there primarily was just Ethereum and Solana around that time. And from what I was seeing on each of those chains, one Ethereum was super expensive because that was pretty much the middle of the bull run when everything was going. I'm like, I'm not trying to go on here and spend $60 for transactions sometimes. Um, And then Solana... Like, it's nothing against them. It just never really enticed me for a lot of stuff that was going on over there. And a lot of the people that I kind of connected with on Cardano early on, they were very focused around, you know, how do we innovate in the industry? How do we do a lot of different things that a lot of these other chains aren't doing? How do we kind of like bootstrap ourselves and not go the route 
of just getting almost handouts from VCs um, and a lot of different stuff like that, which, you know, I'm not opposed to VCs. That's just a mentality. So people kind of grinded harder because they were trying to not, you know, go that route that some people would call easy, just getting funding from somebody. So it seemed like a lot more people had drive and were willing to make that work. And so it just made sense both from a community standpoint and from finding team members to come in and work with us to kind of start on at least Cardano originally. Sure. Yeah. See, from I'm fairly focused on, you know, Hedera and stuff. And Hedera seems as if it's very easy to develop on from me speaking with current developers on Hedera Hashgraph. And I'm curious to know, is it fairly simple to develop and, you know, code on Cardano and using their language? Or just so, develop out really anything within Cardano and utilizing language itself. So it really depends on who you are. If you know some of the coding that comes with Cardano, it's not that difficult. The issue is there's not a lot of ways that, you know, there's a lot of jokes of like copy pasting EVM stuff over to other chains and everything. You can't really do that with Cardano. So you pretty much have to make everything from scratch or know somebody in Cardano to kind of help you out with building that. That's where a lot gotcha. of the difficulty comes in. Um, you know, versus if you go to an EVM based chain, a lot of people are just kind of using the same, you know, coin swap type code to make their own stuff. They're using the same marketplace stuff. They're using the same smart contracts. And so <clears throat> that was another thing, like I said, that attracted me to Cardano because it seemed like a lot more people were putting effort into that innovation because you kind of had to. Um, and that's where I came from. But obviously there is improvement where it can be made easier in a lot of areas as well. Nice. So what's the wallet? What's the main wallet that is used on Cardano by chance? So there's actually a few right now. Um, it's still pretty early. Like a uh, very, very old original one was Yoroi. It was made by one of the founding bodies of Cardano, but they're not ideal. Primarily, there's a full node wallet on Cardano. So if you want to run everything a full node, not light wallet, not connect to a web browser, you can get Daedalus. That's straight from IOG, IOHK. And they, they're the main developers behind Cardano. So you can download that and run entire nodes on your computer for your wallet. And then your main kind of like light wallets right now are going to be Eternal, Game Changer. Um, IOG just came out with Lace earlier today. I haven't gotten to check that one out yet. Um, there's Vesper. There's, there's a few different ones. It kind of just is a matter of what's easier on you. It just depends, UI. really? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. What's the main one that you use? Uh, I use Eternal just because I've been on it for over a year and a half sure. now. Sure. Yeah. Nice. That's great. So diving a little deeper into Bitfin's ecosystem, how has the journey been really? Developing just starting with the vision and now really getting to the full fruition of that vision coming soon. It seems as if by July 2022, the full aquarium launch will be intact. How is leading up to that going? Will you be able to make that full launch? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, obviously, July 2022 was last year. So we, no, we already got right. Shoot. Yeah, Sorry. No, no, you're all good. So yeah, we, we actually got that out ahead of time. Um, that was out, I want to say three months early than we had initially planned. So that was about February, March, when we actually got it out. Um, there is a huge roadmap that we have. Usually we're updating it every six to eight months on our website that people can look at if they ever want to see where we're at in development. Sometimes things are going to pivot and things will shift off. Right now, one of the main things we're kind of looking for for long term is getting an augmented reality mobile app out. And then we're looking to get an XP system out. So people that are holding our fish long term, they'll get XP. Their fish will grow based on that. They'll unlock customization features. And then you'll be able to get XP basically from logging into our system. And then 
Um, alongside those, we've got partnerships in the actual mainstream aquarium industry. So we work with nice. uh, his name's Brett Raymer from Tanked. Do you know who that is? Uh, I do not know. So they did all of the anybody that listening, you've probably seen at least an episode of it before. They did the huge celebrity aquariums on Animal Planet for about like 10, 12 years. Um, See the guy who did Shaq's aquarium? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I so, know him now. Yeah, yeah. So we work with him. He gets us into aquarium conventions. We're working with him to get partnerships in the grander aquarium industry. Um, and yeah, he's on our team kind of for like partnerships and growth. So we've got already a gateway outside of blockchain that we're looking to get in. Um, just kind of make it cyclical between people, both on NFT side and not NFT side for people to consume everything however they want. That's incredible. I think that networking is key in this space and within this industry, I, I truly believe because the more people you know, the more resources you have at the end of the day. And I mean, having somebody like him and just, you know, the Web2, the IRL industry within the, the aquarium business, trying to really bring more people into this Web3 industry with aquariums, it's going to be very seamless to connect those people. Right. And so I'm curious now, how would say a day, like just a standard person, like my parents benefit from something like Bitfence <clears throat> if they were looking for an aquarium of their own? Yeah. So as of right now, it's going to be a little more hard with just onboarding NFTs. They got to have a baseline understanding or we'll have to walk them through the process. Um, as we, as we get more to that mass audience, we're going to have basically kind of like custodial ownership where you won't necessarily be able to trade with people and everything, but it'll be kind of like your baseline, like you would do with a fish game now, fish tycoon, you buy your fish, it's all in there. Um, that kind gotcha. of thing. The main benefit of having a digital aquarium is a few different ways. One, you're not going to have to do the upkeep and maintenance of a physical aquarium like you normally would. Um, so we're not like cartoon art quality based or go more towards that realism. So it would basically be, you could put it on like an 80 inch flat screen in your house if you want, and you just have your aquarium there, customize it whenever you want. You get new fish and they pop in there, that kind of thing. So the whole maintenance and redesigning is super easy. The cost is going to be lower than a traditional aquarium. And then even from an electricity based, which kind of factors in a cost, we're up to 50% more eco-friendly, just comparing a 40 inch TV with any, you know, decent blockchain that's not super, you know, expensive on electricity, you know, which is pretty much everything now besides Bitcoin. And then yeah. taking that and comparing it to even a 10 gallon aquarium in your household. So, you know, if you tell me I can put something on my wall and I've got an 80 inch flat screen, can turn it off and on whenever I want, don't have to worry about my fish dying. And it's going to save me 50% in electricity for something that's going to be small and maybe sits on a table. That's like a no brainer to me. So there's, there's a few different benefits, but those would be some of the main ones. The main ones. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's, it makes sense because I mean, keeping up with, you know, an actual physical aquarium can be a lot, even to, you know, like prolong these fish's life. Say if you miss one day of feeding them, that can make or break their whole entire health at the end of the day. And yeah. that's, that's vital to them. And, you know, sometimes these fish can be somewhat pricey, you know, going to trying to find exotic fish. That's what I've noticed. Cause I mean, I lived in Orlando for about two years and I, I fished occasionally and, um, it was just, it was a big eye opener to know like how much people put price tags on some of these fish out in the sea. And it, it was really quite impressive to know that some of these fish can go for quite a couple thousand dollars here and there, depending on the type. And having that in, you know, a, a, vi a virtual reality aquarium just displayed on your TV for less the amount of cost and less the amount of upkeep can definitely save you a lot. 
Yeah, and it's it's funny you bring up cost too because um, I've seen aquariums where they don't even have fish in them; they're just exotic coral, and coral wow. are usually like that tall. Like they're they're not yeah. anything. Like some of them are the size of a quarter, and those aquariums alone can be like hundreds of thousands of dollars for just coral, and they're like a 10, 15 wow. gallon tank. So if we can bring an option that's more cost friendly for people and gives them an entryway into the aquarium industry, I, th- I feel it a net benefit of both the aquarium industry and, you know, the NFT industry, because we're giving a new audience to essentially both. And we're giving people more access to all of their assets. They can do whatever they want. They don't have to worry about all of those things dying IRL. You know, I've had somebody ask recently, they're like, Oh, well, why wouldn't a digital aquarium just be free? Why would that be more beneficial than a real fish? And I'm like, well, if you're an NFTs and you don't see the benefit of having actual ownership over your fish, then I can't really explain it to you. Like, like the whole idea of being able to copy everything that happens in the traditional aquarium industry in a digital way, and then bringing the net benefit of having ownership and blockchain on top of it. And we don't have to provide that server upkeep. It's just you tracing your peer to peer transactions. You know, you're on a marketplace, you're doing all that. And then we can take like a small cut of royalty from that for all the transactions. If they do, have a lot of different sales like there it's no downside for anybody in that system and then even if you're going to buy a game like fish tycoon you've got to be on there constantly or your fish die um that's true a lot of aquarium games they're all cartoonish they're all mobile games and they they sell you a ton of money just off microtransactions and just not to get ads and so our entire platform is free anybody that has wallets from all those chains that we're connected to can actually go in and use their NFTs for free as a gallery now. And all they have to buy from us is fish and decorations or go on secondary and get them for whatever somebody's selling them as. And that's kind of our model at the moment. And then long-term we'll have stuff like, because the main setup is open ocean, open lake, freshwater kind of environments, alien world kind of oceans. So it's more of a natural feel. It's not like you're in a boxed aquarium like you'd have in your house. It's that whole deep ocean experience. So now you've essentially got that deep ocean in your house. Now you can pop on VR goggles, scuba dive in your own ocean that you designed with your own fish and interact with them in a way for that once we get all those features out. And so it's it's the aquarium industry, but on steroids, essentially. You can do a lot more with it, that's for sure. You can exactly. throw in, I, I saw some people just scrolling through Twitter and stuff, they implement their own NFTs within their aquariums as well. And I think right. that's very clever as well. And then, so it seems as if the main sort of selling point right now is selling the fish and then selling, do you sell coral, coral as well? Yeah, we've done a lot of different decorations. We've done anchors, coral, um, oh, nice. you know, a bunch of different rocks. We've even done like flooring tiles for people that want to do floor tiles and change those out. So you can have like sand instead of the natural flooring. So we, we've done pretty much everything. We've even done like hologram ones just for futuristic effects. So some of your corals are holograms. You have whale skeletons. We've done a lot of different variety for decorations even. Did you have a public mint for it or was it kind of just varied? Was it yes. not all at once? So we've kept all of our mints pretty cost effective. Um, we've only technically sold about like 10 to 11,000 assets since 2020, oh, wow. which, which is pretty low compared to a lot of people, yeah. even PFP projects. Um, so if you look at our actual total amount of NFTs, it's about 15,000, about 4,000 of those we gave away free. Most of them were utility token to early holders. It's called a Cory token. People use that to breed and mutate their fish and stuff long-term for certain species. But we've done basically a bunch of limited collections. So our first collection was 5,000. 
that was early 2021. And then our subsequent drops were we sold about a couple thousand of the first day core. And then we've done like a few different drops of like 500 of this creature in different variations, 500, 800 of this creature in different variations, a lot of stuff like that. So we kept it pretty low. Um, I think the most expensive our mint ever was, was technically like 35 ADA October, 2021. And that was technically when Cardano was $3 for ADA. So that was about like 70 to hundred bucks, depending on when the price was fluctuating anytime between now and then we've only sold as high as 55 ADA. And now with uh, ADA being about 40 cents, like most of our mints have been like 20, 30 bucks. So it's, it's pretty, it's not bad. It's pretty yeah. average. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we keep it pretty cost effective because for us, it's more, how many people can we get in to do this? Um, you know, you look at the aquarium industry, the average aquarium owner buys about 12 fish over the, you know, just starting their aquarium. Some of our power users have a few hundred assets from our project and they have like literally all of their fish swimming around anytime. If you own three of the same fish, you get three fish swimming around in our aquarium. So it's a bit of a different economy then, you know, you going in and buying 30 from a PFP project, you can actually use a, these all consecutively at the same time. So nice. So do these fish, do they have like lifespans or can like, say there'd be an aggressor fish, you know, attack, you know, a passive, passive aggressive fish and that passive aggressive fish dies. Is that possible? So right now they don't have lifespans. Your fish would live forever. Okay. That that would be a net benefit for the that kind of stuff. We do plan yeah. to do carnivore species down the road. And the way carnivore species would be is through select collections that we drop, there will be inherent traits that allow common variants of the fish. Like, I guess it's more common. Our, our rarity system is more just, you know, how limited a certain type is. But the common species in some of those collections, like our Series 1, would be able to be eaten by carnivores and then if they get eaten now you get a ghost or skeleton fish of that in its place and that swims around and then that would go nice. back to the cory tokens we talked about where you can revive those if you want the original or we've even had some people say like i'm just gonna get a carnivore fish get a kind of ton of commons get a graveyard tank like we've already got people saying they want to do stuff like that so it's it's really how you want to do it we're also coding in a bunch of different ai so right now we have basic ai in our fish to recognize decorations avoid them swim through as you're building but then we're going to step that up and we have in our metadata for all of our fish, they're either hostile or docile. If you have two different species that are hostile near each other in an aquarium, occasionally you'll get animations where they're going to chase each other, do fin nipping, um, a lot of different stuff like that based on, you know, a lot of AI recognition we're going to put in there. Nice. So the tank is in your court at the end of the day. It, right. The possibilities are simply endless. Tell me yeah. a little more about this token. I know you said that it can be used to revive fish, also breed fish. Tell me a little bit more what it can do. Yeah. So first off, it is still an NFT. Um, that was, you know, when we had a lot more legal uncertainty for stuff. So we didn't want to just put out a fungible token. So it is so an you're NFT. based out of the U.S.? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but we do have an NFT of it to make it easy. Um, so it's just called Cory Token, K-O-R-I. Uh, you can find them on Cardano, like the rest of our other NFTs right now. In the future, we will be doing small, different limited drops on other chains for people interested in knowing that. Um, but this token, like I said, if anybody wants to go look in our C paper, we have basics of what that stuff does. So let's say down the road, our Series 1 is going to be, if you have uncommons, and you want to breed two uncommons, we're going to have it where you can get a hybrid species of two of the species. So kind of like mutates and gives features of both as the new NFT. Um, you get to keep your original fish, but once we get the Cory token and we hold it in escrow, so it's not going back out in circulation until like a certain threshold has been made. Um, 
And then once you get one of those hybrids, it's going to be one of a few different color variations. So it's going to incentivize people to want to get a whole bunch of different uncommons, breed them, do all that kind of stuff. We're likely going to have a time limit so you can only breed these two uncommons like per X amount of days or something to keep that system cyclical. Um, and then once all of the breeding for those have been done, because it will be a cap supply, it's over. So you won't be able to use your core tokens on those anymore. Um, but outside of those different segments, you know, like I said, if you have some comments that got ate by a carnivore, you decide later, hey, I don't actually want my fish to be a ghost or skeleton anymore. Now you can pay in a quarry token, some stuff like that, and you'll be able to get them revived as the original fish instead of your ghost or skeleton fish swimming around. Um, or, you know, if you're buying, you know, that comment from somebody else and it's a ghost or skeleton fish in your tank, now you can revive it, that kind of thing. It really just depends on what's going on. And then, you know, we have other stuff that we'll likely do in the future. Like if you've got X amount of Cory tokens, you'll be able to buy, you know, special edition mints and things like that. We're also talking about nice. doing an in-app currency. So it won't necessarily be crypto based, but it'll be in-app currency, kind of like Robux uh, for Roblox, where instead of buying it, you earn it for building aquariums, people buying your templates that you build. And then you can use that currency in there for free mints, kind of similar to weekly mints that we'll have in app. So we're going to have a lot of different stuff like that too. And then you don't have to necessarily worry about paying taxes on having that currency or anything either. So it makes it really easy for anybody that wants to participate. Oh, that's sick. I think that that'll help a lot. I mean, in regards to one, like you said, paying taxes, but two, keeping the whole entire ecosystem engaged within It's just all going to be an all-in-one-stop shop at the end of the day, which is very resourceful and keeps people where they need to be. I can definitely tell that you're very passionate about Bitfins, and it just shows in the way you speak and the way you present yourself and really the way you go into so much detail in regards to everything that you're developing out. I'm curious to know now, since we've kind of really went over a lot of the finer details in regards to Bitfins, what does the future look like? For you, I, I know I was messing up in regards to the white paper and being in, thinking I was still in 2022. But um, what does the future look like now? That's all good. Um, yeah. So like I said, I alluded to it earlier. We're working out actually, you know, I'm not anti VC or anything. I'm I'm super like whatever gets us going. And if we can find the right partners, it works. So right now it's securing long term funding. Um, we actually don't need that much to have a couple years of runway. So that's the first priority. And then once we go there, we're going to be, we're working on getting an augmented reality, uh, mobile app out. So basically it'll be the aquariums on your phone, but through AR portals. So you walk through the portal on your phone, pull up your aquariums that you design on your computer or do a new one on your phone. doesn't matter whatever you want to do. And you'll be able to look around with your phone and see all your fish swimming around, all your decorations and stuff. Um, you'll also be able to see your fish in AR, so that you can see them swimming in like your backyard next to your other pets, a lot of different things like that on the actual native mobile app. We already have that integrated in the NFTs themselves on Cardano through the wallet viewer that's on the chain, but we wanna make it more personalized in the mobile app and give more features. So that's definitely our main focus. And then we're gonna be looking at doing more expansion into both the aquarium industries and the AR VR industries. So I, I think um, without trying to sound pretentious about it, I think we have one of the most fleshed out projects and platforms in the whole Web3 space right now, especially with everybody being able to customize with all their NFTs from those chains. So once we leverage that more, get more chains on board, and then also bring in those other industries to us, I think we have a huge future. I'm like, I don't see us capping out at least for a few years. 
Um, and we always have that opportunity to pivot. So no matter what uncertainty we have for NFTs or crypto from regulation standpoint, we can always look to, you know, figuring out how to work with people that are actively in our brand and getting them to participate in our platform and bringing in a lot of those people. You know, if you look at the aquarium industry, um, just in the United States and European countries, there's about 30 million households with at least one aquarium. If we were to acquire just 1% of that market, don't even count the Asian markets or the rest of the world, that's 300,000 users. That's already bigger than the entire NFT industry for gamers. Um, now we have, you know, Kame Coin. He's on our team. He's our community manager. He speaks native Mandarin and he has connections in East Asian communities. He goes to Thailand and everything. We are going to be integrating people in those Asian countries that are deep in NFTs. They're deep into, you know, traditional ornamental fish markets like aquariums and stuff. And Asia is a hugely underrepresented markets in both. And we're not going Definitely. to be able to speak to them natively. A lot of people are promoting to people that are non-native English speakers in English. If we start, you know, going to those markets and we have people that can speak their language and, you know, actually communicate with them, that gives us a huge advantage of connecting with those people too. So that's kind of like our main priorities right now is that mobile app connecting to those non-English communities, getting to those more mainstream markets. And that's what we're kind of working on over the next year alongside also doing hardware. We want to do hardware frames. So you don't have to own a computer. You don't have to own a TV. You just buy a frame from us and it has touchscreen built in or app built in and you'd be able to wow. plug and play. So we're, we've got a lot of stuff that we're kind of targeting right now in the short term. That's incredible. So what are some of those chains that you look at branching out to as well? I know that you're already on about six, seven at the moment. What are some that you assumed will be implementing into? Yeah, so we haven't officially announced any that we're going to do collections on yet. But like I said, just to reiterate, we've, we're already on Avalanche, Arbitrum, Cardano, Ethereum, Optimism, and Polygon. What we're looking at right now is pretty much anybody that's got a prominent NFT community and they've got collectibles that there's a market with that we can easily onboard their wallets to for stuff. So... Um, you know, like Flow's really big because they have NFC top, uh, NBA top shot and everything. So Flow, you know, Hedera, I know they've got a lot of big people over there for trading and stuff and collectors, um, you know, long term, obviously things like Solana, Aptos, a lot of those up and coming ones. I mean, even right now, we've got pretty much a lot of the primary ones in the top 10 for NFT volume. Now it's just pretty much getting integrations in for everybody to do it, no matter where That's you true. are on the chain. We, we yeah. definitely want to get Tezos in there. They have a really big art community for generative art and everything. Um, so, yeah, that's a lot of our focus is just getting a lot of those different chains into all together. It's a really smart approach. See a lot of big things coming your way with Bitfins, and it seems as if you have a lot of structure backing you at this moment in time. Um, my, my last question for you, Tyler, is do you have an LLC by chance being based out of the United States? Uh, we are a corporate entity, actually, based out of Wyoming. Okay. It's very crypto friendly. And they, uh, you know, especially like with DAOs and stuff, a lot of people should be yeah. looking at Wyoming. Um, Did you create so, one through Doula? No, I didn't. No, I, no. I knew there's a company out there called Doula who creates uh LLCs like dial LLCs out of Wyoming. And so I was curious if you utilize them. No, I'm a, I'm actually myself in Colorado. So I kind of looked at stuff, even Colorado's getting friendly. They're letting you pay your taxes in crypto this summer is what they're oh, planning. Nice. But um, yeah, Wyoming just seemed like the smarter version between that and Delaware, like being based on and everything. So that's, that's where we are at yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, that's smart. At least you have that structure in line as well, because 
limiting the amount of risk on your personal liabilities and personal assets is a big factor when it comes into you know selling collectibles, starting your own project, and you know starting your own business at the end at the end of the day. Because, I mean, having your own NFT project in a sense, it's kind of like starting your own business. You're selling something. You're pitching to somebody and hoping that they purchase your product and then you'll provide them whatever you wish. But it's nice to see that structure behind you. And yeah. I really look forward to everything that comes with Bitfin this year and following into these next years to come. I My one piece of advice would be sen- simply just to look into Hedera and potentially Algorand as well. Both of those have fairly uh, sustainable ecosystems as well as strong communities backing them. And so those are two communities I think that would really appreciate the concept behind Bitfins and soon one day potentially having Bitfins implemented into their ecosystems as well. Yeah. But besides that, Tyler, if there's anything else you'd like to leave out on, now's the time. Thank you for your time again. And yeah. Yeah, just a final thoughts. Thanks for having me. Obviously, it's always fun to come on and talk about like what we're doing with everybody, especially somebody that's not 